1: Hi, this is Jay Billis of ESPN, and you're listening to the ML Sports Platter.
0: The ML Sports Platter, back with you all over the major platforms. Spotify, Google, Apple, Stitcher, Deezer, you name it. Download, subscribe, leave feedback, and a five-star review. We are brought to you by our great friends at Bryant & Stratton College, Brian Conboy of MassMutual New York State, and Stanley Law Offices. Together, they'll work to get you the maximum award log on to stanleylawoffices.com for more information you can hit me on Twitter at Mike L Sports and on Instagram Mike Sports 1979 as well our next guest is so decorated it isn't even funny won the Heisman Trophy in 1984 he's a member of the College Football Hall of Fame the Canadian football. Hall of Fame played for a potpourri of teams in the NFL including the Buffalo Bills where Flutie Flakes were made so famous and of course the CFL resume is incredible A three-time champion a three-time MVP a six-time most outstanding player a six-time all-star he's also an NFL Pro Bowler from 1998 and an NFL Comeback Player of the Year winner in 1998 it is Doug Flutie Doug welcome thank you so much for coming on I'm doing good. Hanging out down in Florida. Pretty normal
1: life right now for uh, COVID era. We get to be outside a little bit and surf and mess around. So things
0: are pretty good. Yeah, you're, you're big right now into a lot of that. A lot of activity, right? Baseball league, surfing, all sorts of stuff. I,
1: I can't help it. I'm like a 12-year-old kid. I coached <laughs> Little League uh, last night.
0: We got a game tomorrow morning. Okay. Then I'm
1: on my own. I'm, I'm back into hockey, and I'm surfing in the mornings. And I got to – it's just – never it, it's just one activity after another which is the way i like
0: it when's the last time you chucked a football
1: um actually about a week ago i had uh <laughs> there's another activity uh for super bowl i did a cornhole tournament with some of the pros okay. like you get paired up with the pro and did a tournament so anyway uh matt guy who's like the number one cornhole king of cornhole um nine-time world champion. He and his family were in town, so we were down the ball field throwing the football around a little bit.
0: Okay, today's NFL. I'm watching all these guys, undersized, running around, throwing the ball everywhere. (laughs) Mahomes, Wilson, Kyler Murray, Drew Brees, a little bit more stationary, a little bit more in that pocket, but again, height a little shorter. Uh, I mean, I could go on and on. Lamar Jackson, I can go on and on and on. Josh Allen's a big dude, but he runs and throws. I think, and I've been barking up this tree for at least, I don't know, a year, maybe two years. I think Doug Flutie today thrives. Do you? Oh,
1: I would love the opportunity. Let's put it that way. I love the style of offenses. It's, a lot of it is very similar to what we were doing in Canada when I was in Canada. Sure. Spread them out. Use the quarterback as a runner. Throw some, uh, you know, your, your blitz control was always wide receiver screens. Get them in space. Um, a lot of the stuff that's going on now. In my day, they really didn't want to run the quarterback that much. We were afraid of him getting hurt, and all these guys are so darn athletic. You got to let them take off and go. So I, yeah, and when you spread the field, uh, it deletes the pass rush a little bit. As far as numbers and your vision's better, you're back in shotgun. You can get further away from the pass rush and see better. Mahomes just moving backwards and making it's all stuff that i kind of did and actually when we were in buffalo we did some of it we did some empty sets we did do some five wides and tinkered with some of the not to the extent that it's going now but a little bit we sort of had a hint of it
0: well that's i i just look at it and i'm just i see doug flutie doug flutie i see it all the time (laughs) obviously was a was a huge fan of yours and and still am. I'm a diehard Buffalo Bills fan. I live in Central New York, but been in media for 20 years. And I went to St. Bonaventure for college, and you know it's only an hour and 15-20 minutes. So we had campus activity board trips up there, and I would see you and and uh, obviously the <laughs> the number one controversy, you versus Rob Johnson during that time. Uh, I was at Bonas 98 to 02 when you became a Buffalo Bill. Two part question. When did you fall in love with Bill's Mafia and, 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 and the franchise, the town, etc.? cetera? And, and then when do you think that you earned their respect? Well, I think right away when we went to training camp, we were in
1: Fredonia the first year, then we moved over to St. John Fisher, but both places. The numbers of people that were showing up to training camp, the crowds, the, the, fanatic, the, the fan, fanatical way that they supported that team, it was awesome. Then when I began playing, the Flutie Flakes thing was coming out and all that, but I did an appearance down in Rochester, and it was supposed to be a two-hour autograph signing. I ended up signing for almost four hours, <laughs> and you, I still didn't get through half the people. And it just showed me how crazy they were about the Bills, how excited they were. I mean, people, the, the, the one I always use is on home games they show up to the parking lot on Wednesday night in RVs and are camping out. They're like, they're going vacation to the stadium for the week. And it just, uh, I think I earned the respect when, when I stepped on the field and became a starter and we started winning. And, uh, you know, a couple games in three, four games in, uh, people realized that, that we were, you know, I don't know. The team stepped it up a notch when I was in there and we, we played well and, I just, you know, for me, I think validation came in going to a Pro Bowl that season and leading the Bills to the playoffs that year.
0: Football great. Doug Flutie, our guest here. Uh, I'm Mike Lindsley, of course, College Football Hall of Famer. uh, uh, Just such a decorated career and and now doing some amazing things in media, including a brand new uh, podcast called the Flutie Flakes Cast. Make sure you get it on SiriusXM and where podcasts are found on your mobile device. When did you first fall in love with football?
1: Oh, geez. You know, I I know the first organized football, I was seven years old playing flag. Mm-hmm. And I realized that I could just pick up a ball, a football, and throw it like I do a baseball and just turn it loose. But there are pictures of me like at two and three years old falling asleep with a football under my arm. Mm-hmm. And messing around. we always... We, I, we were always in the side yard playing football. I have two brothers. Uh, my sister's the oldest. She would join us, and we hated playing with her because she was a little bigger than us. Yeah, she was the oldest, and she was impossible to, to get to the ground. Um, but you know, we were always always outside playing. I think it all came stem from uh, playing with my brothers. Every sport, you name it, we did. We did everything together as kids. And uh, you know, I I never saw myself as a football player until i got to college i was just an athlete i played all sports and it was like whatever's next what best i played football basketball baseball through high school but like i said i just i had hockey this morning i whatever it is surfing you name it it's like that was me i always wanted the next activity um but then you know when you get after high school, you're you're talking scholarship and all that, and football kind of chose me as the one that the scholarship opportunity
0: came. Yeah, and I mean, Division One A schools, you know, there was only one right that really, really went nuts over, you, <clears> and it was BC. You go there and exceed expectations, exceed anything you probably could have ever imagined. 1984. I mean, my gosh, was there a, an award that you didn't win? And 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 the famous uh, you know the famous play of course to beat Miami, uh, your BC career, you felt it when when was it taken off for you to get to that ridiculous level that you were playing at? Oh, Eventually, you had I, your number retired by the school as well.
1: Yeah, I, I just you know I was lucky to get a, a sc- I was an Ivy League type kid. I was a, a smart kid, did well in school, and I was a really good athlete, but not a D one kid, and BC had a coaching change in the middle of the off-season, the two kids that the new staff really wanted to sign went elsewhere, so they offered me late. So I really felt lucky to be there. Um, I felt lucky to be at a D1 program, and I felt like I'd never see the field. Mm. But athletically, you know, when I got to camp, I felt like, you know, i throw the ball as well as these guys. Yeah, these guys were like 6'3", 6'4". I just had this impression and be told, you weren't going to do it. And then we were playing at Penn State. And I came off the bench in the fourth quarter of the game, and I completed my first five passes, and we were in the end zone. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know what? It's the same game it's always been. And that was the thing. You know, there was this everybody telling you how difficult it's going to be, just like they did when they, you know, talking about me going from college to pro. And then you step on the field, and it's the same game you've always played because you don't know what the game is like at 6'4". It must be easier. No, there has <laughs> got to be a little easier for a guy six four, six five. Yeah. But with your athleticism at a smaller size and your quickness, there's some advantages. Now, today, like looking at Josh, Josh Allen, these guys that are 6'5", can take off and run. These guys, you know, they're not statues; They're athletes. They're athletes, so they can do the other stuff, too. So it's just crazy now. But, you know, I only knew the game from my perspective and just went out and played. And, uh, you know, freshman year, the light went on and things started happening. I got the
0: start for four years. That that play, the Hail Mary in 84. You know, Kosar and Miami, I mean, they're, they're a juggernaut. They're a powerhouse uh, brand in football. The U, it's developing and all the rest. You, you throw that ball, feeling catches it. And you win forty seven to forty-five. As that play is 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 unfolding, uh, did you did you feel it at all, or were you just trying to get away and chuck it and say, Well, you know, if if we get lucky, cool, but I don't know, who knows?
1: Yeah. A couple things about now earlier in the year we ran a Hail Mary at the end of the half against Temple. The only other time we attempted one that year. And it looks identical to the one in Miami. Huh. I drop back, I avoid the rush, roll right, step up towards the line of scrimmage, throw the thing about the same exact distance, and Gerard catches it for a touchdown at the end of the half. So against Miami, we all kind of, you know, we practice this play every Thursday or Friday, whatever day, and, you know, you, you just, it was like running another play. Now, you know the odds are tough, and it's, but, you know, all I was trying to do was get the ball near Gerard, and he had a knack for finding the ball, and it just, it happened. Um. The fu- the funniest new update on the Hail Mary play, 35 years later, right, we're doing all these – every year they do an anniversary thing where they're doing interviews and some article's written, some something's put together. And I saw some new footage I hadn't seen before, and there's a picture of the backside. Now, after I complete the pass, we get to the locker room, and I told the tight end, who was supposed to be in, in protection, I said, just go ahead and release. They're only rushing three guys. Release, get wide, and go down the sideline. Goes, get down there. And uh, I was going to roll right and maybe back, but I didn't have time. I rolled right, set up, fired for Girardi, catch the ball. We win. 35 years later, I see a different camera angle. <laughs> well, after the game, the tight end came up to me and said, hey, we had a shot. I'm like, oh, yeah, right. All receivers said they had a shot. <laughs> well, 35 years later, different camera angle. There's a the tight end all by himself at the 10-yard line on the backside. If I had put my foot in the ground, turned around and thrown backside, he would have walked in the end zone.
0: <laughs> wow. I mean, it's just such an unbelievable, unbelievable play in college football history. Doug Flutie, our guest, football great uh, at, at Doug Flutie on Twitter and make sure you donate as well to Doug Flutie Jr. Uh you can place your donation there and download the Flutie Flakes cast which is Taking off like crazy here, Doug. You're so good uh, media wise. You know I've I've enjoyed you for years on NBC and elsewhere, and obviously now with this podcast, you've had some unbelievable guests here. Tim Tebow. I was around him a little bit uh, in Syracuse when he was with the Syracuse Mets. Uh, you've had uh, Ian Book on Julian Edelman, I believe. A few other Dan Fouts, who's a great guest. Gronkowski, Drew Brees. You're having a blast with this thing. Oh my god,
1: it's been so much fun. Archie Manning, Kirk Warner. There you go. Uh, Jim Dan Kelly Fouts, too. Yeah. You know we start talking, and you know what's What's really been fun is talking with the old time quarterbacks, mm. guys like Dan Fouts, Archie Manning. We start talking about the old days and we start talking with Warren Moon. We start talking about CFL days and old locker rooms. <laughs> and right away, like the intensity level, we just pick up our we get we get giddy like a couple. Of kids. Oh, remember Saskatchewan's locker room? Yeah, they had like a two by four on the wall with nails sticking it. Those were your lockers. You had a nail sticking out of the wall. That's where you hung your suit. And then they had like in in Winnipeg six showers, six shower heads, and only two of them only two of them would work. And on in Winnipeg would turn off the hot water to the opposing locker room to save money. You know, it was just all these little stories about CFL. That it, and then I was talking with Archie about the old days of Baltimore Memorial Stadium, and um, you yeah, know, just really cool stories that I don't know. It, it's it, it was just a cool. The other thing we were all talking about is guys that used to smoke in the 70s there's some classic pictures of like Lenny Dawson with the Chiefs at Super Bowl smoking a cigarette on the sideline (laughs) and and Dan Fowles was talking about how one of his offensive linemen in the middle of a drive during a timeout would run to the sideline because their offensive coordinator smoked on the sideline and, and take a drag off his cigarette and give it back to him and run back on the field my first home game was New Jersey Generals and I walk into the locker room, there's eight guys smoking cigarettes in the corner of the room at halftime. So it's just different years, different times, different things, and, and a lot of fun stories.
0: Flutie Flakes, when did you feel like they were really taking off? And, and do you remember how it all started? You know, Did you get a call? Was yeah. it an idea? How, how did it all begin? Uh, we talked
1: with PLB Sports. I was still in Toronto. I was a free agent. I hadn't signed I assumed I was gonna re sign in Toronto and I hadn't signed with Buffalo yet. And I signed this marketing deal with DLB Sports to do um some type of product. We hadn't decided yet. They asked my opinion. I said let's do some kind of a, a frozen pizza because I love frozen pizza. And then they came back to me with, Well, you know, the profit margin on a breakfast cereal is the best for us. Can we do a breakfast here? I'm like, yeah, sure. What, what do you like? I like frosted flakes. Let's do something like that. All right. So then we do the, and this is just a marketing deal for me. And then Buffalo comes calling. I sign with Buffalo. Now they're trying to hurry it up and get it out in the beginning of the season. And it's a delay and it doesn't come out till like week six or something. And it just happened to time up. When I started playing, when I came off the bench and started playing and became the starter, Flutie Flakes finally were released. And, you know, the whole phenomena that took over in Buffalo when we started winning and the Flutie Flakes came out and then Chris Berman's eating them on TV. And, you know, it just exploded. It just exploded.
0: Doug Flutie, our guest football great. A few more for you here, Doug. Make sure you guys go to Twitter and give him a follow at Doug Flutie and donate at the Doug Flutie Jr. Foundation.org website. Flutie Flakes cast all over the place on major platforms as well as Sirius XM. Uh Young quarterbacks today. We we talked a little bit about him. You brought up Josh Allen. You must have had a ball watching the Bills in 2020 and watching Josh Allen. Go through This year, you know, the the excitement watching those games, and what do you see when you watch Josh Allen?
1: You know, I saw him last year, or the year before, and I, I thought, big arm, love his intensity, love the way he plays. He, like me, you have to learn to give up on a play. He was turning the ball over, and this is what I did. My turnovers came because I didn't want to give up on a play. You keep scrambling, you keep going, you still try to force something down the field, and all of a sudden, this year, less of those mistakes were happening. His running ability is his willingness to put his shoulder down and run hard, and for a guy his size to run as well as he does, those were the variables. You know, extending plays and making big plays downfield, he could make every throw, and that was never a doubt. Mm-hmm. And you know, that that the exciting part was not turning the ball over as much and then his intensity and the way he played um, just, you know, we- the willingness to be tough and and run with the ball. And I think guys, it's amazing how that plays to your offensive lineman and your, your teammates. And when they see, you know, for me, it was for a little guy, run hard or take some hits or whatever for your quarterback to to put his shoulder down and run hard and and make plays and be willing to throw his body around. They really respect that. And um, I, I really, it didn't happen this year, but I really thought it could have. I really, like, it they, they was a fine line. I don't think the Bills, in general, played their best football in the playoffs. But we're still right there. You know, if if they played their best football, uh, they had a real shot at maybe going all the way. I, I I just, it's exciting because Josh is young. The team is young. I, I really think they're
0: going to be good for a little while now. Can, can you imagine what... <laughs> whatever happened if that team won at all could you imagine i mean uh, doug that city i what's what's left of it if they win it i mean uh, could you imagine seriously it, it would be, it would just oh be able- that's that they live for the bills i said this
1: when i played there and i say it you know when i when i mentioned things like people in their rvs at the parking lot on a wednesday night through sunday they live for the bills they, they want to be a winner so they, the city deserves a winner like these people are diehard fans you're dealing with weather they embrace the weather it's, it's part of who they are um you go out in the park or on the way in not you know you're driving in and in the parking lot you got bonfires going and shirtless people and the toothless wonder sometimes but it, it you know i i don't know what it makes people take their shirt off when it's like 10 degrees out but it's, it's a project. What? I know why. But, yeah, right. We know why. Yeah, but anyway, it's so much fun, and, and the people deserve a winner. And that town would just go nuts again if if, if they ever got there.
0: What are you most proud of?
1: Um, you know, I do I just think my approach to the game, the way I played it, how hard I played. Right. I you know I, that's I I was very proud of the fact of coming back to the NFL and get to a Pro Bowl and and what we did in Buffalo in, in those years and making the playoffs and all. But um, just, I guess, you know, to play 21 years, I guess that's part of it. And Steve Grogan said this about me. It's like they asked him why he's still playing at 43 years old. He's like, he's still trying to prove himself. He's still trying to prove people wrong. And I think that was the motivating factor throughout for me to, that kept me driven. And I just, um,
0: you know, I wouldn't change a thing. I spent eight years in Canada, wouldn't change a thing. I got one more, and then I want to hit your foundation in the last minute, and I'll let you run. This has been amazing. Doug Flutie, football great here uh, with me, Mike Lindsley. Um, the Rob Johnson, Doug Flutie thing. I mean, the competition was there. Buffalo was probably literally split down the middle with it, right? It, it was it was a crazy time. What did you enjoy the most about that particular competition with him, and, and what really pissed you off?
1: Well, it, it, that wasn't fun that's not a, a good situation when there's a indecision of who the number one is and it just i just was trying the, the problem was that uh he made a lot more money than i did yep. i was out playing him it created an uncomfortable situation gotcha. yeah you know yeah. and that's what happened and um you know i went all arrested me the last week of the season and wound up starting robbing the playoff it just that was very frustrating very disappointing but i still felt at the end of the day we were a darn good football team and we were going to make a run at this and i thought it would take both of us whether it's through one of us playing poorly or getting injured or banged up it was going to take both of us to get to where we wanted to go and uh it just all of a sudden fell short in in tennessee in
0: nashville so that's ultimately probably the positive out of it? Is it, you know, the, the competition spurred you guys, you know, ha- having a really good team and you and you having that belief, really? I, I
1: you know, the positive is you have two guys that, that you believe you can win with. Um, but other than that, it, it just, it creates a tough situation. And, you know, it just, I don't know. I, you know, to take about I, oh. It's you're going to put your. It's not like one guy should go out and not play well so that makes the other guy happy. You know, you can't do that. So you just everybody's out there trying to win a football game, and that's just the
0: way it was. All right, final thing in the minute we have left. The Doug Flutie Junior Foundation for Autism. People can make donations there. Uh, FlutieFoundation dot org. Uh, one of the few links to get you there. Uh, I know how important this one is for you, and you guys have just continued to do great things with it. Why don't you highlight it for for my listeners? Uh, You know, it's been 23 years in running, and it's unbelievable because when we started
1: it, we thought it was going to be a regional thing. It kind of timed up with when I came to Buffalo. Uh, Jim Kelly had his foundation for Hunter's Hope and and his son Hunter and Gravity's disease, so uh, that's where it sparked the idea to start a foundation in my son's name, and Jim and I are still good friends. Uh, We do... Four or five major events, and with with the way Zoom took off during the pandemic, um, we do virtual events now too. Last year was, believe it or not, a scary year, but end up being a great year for us for the foundation because it was very easy to do events, um, virtual events, and uh, it's been an amazing support. Group support system. What we thought would just be a little regional thing in the New England area became regional, and, and the Buffalo area has been fantastic for us. And the Flutie Flakes alone have brought in close to two million
0: dollars. Yeah, that's amazing. One Eisman Trophy in nineteen eighty four. A storied career with the Boston College Eagles, of course, and collected a ton of other awards in nineteen eighty four. A college football Hall of Famer. Plenty of teams. In the NFL, a great career in the CFL, three time champ, three time MVP, former Buffalo Bill, and, and now doing amazing things in the media world, including Flutie Flakes Cast. It's a brand new podcast out on SiriusXM and major platforms where you get your podcast. Make sure you download and subscribe to that. And he's on Twitter, at Doug Flutie. Doug, thank you a million. Really appreciate this. My pleasure. The ML Sports Platter is brought to you by Liverpool Physical Therapy, Rosie's Corner, Bryant & Stratton College, and our great friends at Camilla's Golf Club. Go ahead and log on to Camilla's Golf Club's website. That's CamillusHillsGolfClub.com. Get your 2021 membership today. Go play Camillas if you're in and around Central New York and the great state of New York making some travel plans. Go play it. It's terrific. The views, the greens, you name it. Awesome championship holes and a great place to go in the pro shop. They are now fully equipped with your Under Armour apparel and uh, burgers and sandwiches and wraps and all the rest after your round as well. Camillus Hills Golf Club, CamillusHillsGolfClub.com. Camillus Golf Club, the official golf course of the ML Sports Platter. A big tip of the cap, thank you as well to Barks and Rec Doggy Daycare and the Swan and Whitaker Families, I'm Mike Lindsley. You can get this podcast all over the major platforms. Download, subscribe, leave feedback, and a five-star review. I'm on Twitter at Mike L Sports, and as I always tell you, enjoy the games.